and it listened to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up, and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. He's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping. Their 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 faces like twitching. Bigfoot Society. This is your host, Jeremiah Byron. Every week I talk to different people in the cryptozoology field. You never know who's going to be on next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Less than a week away from Van Meter Visitor Festival 2022, and I've got another VMV-themed episode for you. This time I get to talk with Rachel Backstrom, original member of the Van Meter Visitor Festival Planning Committee, tons of great background information and info about the town that I had not heard before. Uh, History-wise, you're really going to love this episode if you enjoy the Van Meter Visitor. And let's face it, if you didn't, you wouldn't be here. So thanks for listening and uh, enjoy this interview. All right, Bigfoot Society, I have the privilege of talking to uh, Rachel Backstrom today, uh, and I'm going to have Rachel introduce uh, herself. Go ahead, Rachel. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Jeremiah, for inviting me on your podcast. Uh, my name is Rachel Backstrom. I am a resident of Van Meter, Iowa, and I am one of the original planning committee members for the upcoming Van Meter Visitor Festival. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on, uh, Rachel. Uh, this, well, I guess uh, I have talked to, to Portia uh, a while back, but I want to say you're one of the, the first uh, interviews I've been able to to uh, do with, um, you know, resident of, uh, of Van Meter. So this is pretty special. Um, a lot of uh, listeners of the podcast are, are very interested about uh, this particular cryptid. So uh, let's just, let's start into it, uh, Rachel. Do you have any thoughts about what do you think personally the, the visitor is? So I have kind of two thoughts or theories on that. Um, I'm a skeptic, generally speaking. So I don't know that I put a lot of stock in the theories about interdimensional beings and things like that. Not that I'm completely close-minded to those things, but they do seem a little far-fetched to me. I think that it may have been a creature that is perhaps found in nature, but was maybe um, a genetic mutant of a creature. So, for instance, if you look up the average height of a male human, it's like 5'10". So I'm thinking there's been a lot of talk about maybe it was a turkey vulture. And typically, you know, like the biggest turkey vulture is probably only like four feet tall. But is it possible that it was some kind of genetic mutant and so maybe it was six or seven feet tall? And then of course, when people are confronted with something that they've never seen before, the fear kicks in, the adrenaline kicks in, and I think that may cause people to maybe embellish in their minds what they have actually seen um, when your senses are that heightened. I think you have a tendency to maybe not process things that you see 
exactly as they are. So I think that's maybe where you get some of these, oh no, it was seven or eight feet tall. You know, it becomes bigger in your mind than perhaps it really was, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, in, very interesting. I mean, I, I definitely agree with, you know, whenever something happens to you, it, it's it's pretty easy to to take the route of um well the the fish was you know 10 feet long instead maybe it was only like two feet long you know that kind of thing um but there the thing i love about the you know going to van meter is every year when we have the festival it seems like you always hear some new theory you know um do you have a a favorite theory that you've heard from over the years that the festival has been going on? Well, I think the interdimensional being theory mm -hmm. um, is definitely interesting. Um, obviously, that opens up a whole lot of doors to a whole lot of paranormal avenues. Um, because if one such creature has managed to cross over um, there's possibilities for all sorts of crossovers, right? That's a good point. Yeah, we could. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, Van Meter could be the gateway to something, something we don't want to mess with. It could be a Stranger Things of Iowa or something like that. That'd yeah, be wild. maybe have our own Hellmouth. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Oh man, I didn't even. I haven't thought about that. that's a, that's a cool theory right there. I mean, you know, personally, I've heard. Uh, let's see. I want to say maybe even last year someone brought up, well, maybe it was an escape creature from a, a circus train that came through town. And uh, I always think that's that's kind of an interesting one. Um, yeah, I haven't heard that one before, but yeah, that's interesting too. There's even one that was going around on Reddit I had read where some person was trying to th say that, well it's a it's a person it's this thing that has a a light shining from a something on its head so maybe it was just a miner that had gotten into town and he was like climbing up one of the the poles and shining a light and it was kind of like ah, that's i don't know man <laughs> it's kind of maybe a far reach but uh you know a for effort on it but um what you know the other interesting part of the story is you know the 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 climax of the story is you know it all goes out to the the mine rather and you've got the visitor and the smaller visitor and the posse goes out there to try to take care of them but then you know they disappear do you have any uh theories as to what to happen to the visitor after the mine incident well honestly I think if it went into the mine and then the mine got blown shut, I feel like they probably got trapped down there and probably died. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know that the tunnel system under there, I don't know how extensive it was back in the day, but I feel like they probably couldn't have gotten too far um and then of course over the years even if it they had survived for a while um been able to find food source and water source and whatnot um at some point all of those tunnels flooded so yeah i oh. think if it got trapped in there eventually one way or the other it's probably deceased. Um, there's always a chance that, you know, maybe that creature, if it spent enough time under there, maybe it had secondary um, entrances and exits. So I suppose it could have gotten out. Um, but I feel like it probably got trapped under there. So that is, that's news to me because I, you know, I haven't, dug super deep into the history of the town yet um so about what time periods was there a big flood that went through van meter then and flooded out the mines or um no but i think just groundwater and stuff uh, from rains and whatnot over sure. the years um 
as you know, there was a show that came out and filmed here last summer. Expedition X, yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chad Lewis and I uh, did some filming for that episode. Um, I got cut out, though, so apparently <sighs> I wasn't very good. Um, that kills me, Rachel. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be – I'm not going to go off on it, but I'm like – Dude, they cut your part. You had a part in that episode? I did. I filmed Ugh. a whole scene for them at the Van Meter Public Library. Plus, I oh also did just an audio-only scene, like a voiceover scene. Sure. Um, and neither made it into the episode. The best part was that they didn't tell me that I didn't make it in the episode. So, of course, I told lots of people to oh, watch. No. Yeah. But so I'm not telling anybody I'm on this podcast until after you edit it, just in case you edit me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You're not. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to pull an expedition X on you. Oh, man, okay, that's good. that's frustrating because <laughs> yes. I know that like Chad's part when I talked to him recently he said it was like they talked to him for hours and it got cut down to like half a minute or something. It was Something like that. But, hey, TV is TV, you know. But Yes, but getting back bad. to your question about the flooding of the mine, the reason I brought that episode up is mm-hmm. um, they were allowed to uh, dig mm. out on the property where the old mine shafts run through. And when they were digging, and and they didn't dig very far, unfortunately, the day they planned to do it, it rained. And so it wasn't as safe for them to be digging in those conditions. So they didn't dig as far as we hoped that they would. Um, But yeah, when they were digging, they just ran into water. So that's why I think that most of the stuff down there is probably flooded at this point. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, maybe some people don't uh, agree with the verdict that they came out with from that episode. But at the end of the day, it's giving, uh, you know, shining a light on the town of Van Meter and hopefully helping out the economy as more people uh, try to check it out, you know, stuff like that. But it's entertainment. But um Chad has a question, and I don't know if you saw, but I so I have the uh, the Facebook group I started, Van Meter Visitor Believers. So if you're into this, look it up on Facebook. I'll have the link in the show notes. Join it. We talk about the visitor all the time. But I asked for questions, and uh, one of the questions was Chad Lewis asked, "What do the townsfolk think about the legend?" Which is a very interesting question. Well, there are different reactions. Um, I think first it's uh, good to note that when um, Chad, Kevin Lee Nelson, and Noah Voss came out to research the legend and write their book, it wasn't a really wide-known legend in the Van Meter area. So I would say the majority of citizens didn't even know about it. Um, I've lived in Van Meter since 1978, so I went to school here, graduated from Van Meter, and when I was growing up, um, kids being kids would go out to the brick ruins to drink, of course. Okay. Um, And so you would hear stories about strange noises out there, um, people just kind of feeling... Uh, an eerie feeling and once in a while someone would claim to see you know a brick would go flying but there was nobody there to throw it type of thing Wow! but as far as a specific monster or creature like the visitor most people had never heard about it um so when they researched it and you know found all those articles from 1903 newspapers um and it was mentioned in uh van meter's centennial handbook there was a little blurb of a story so 
a few people knew about it, but it never really became a widespread story. So a lot of people, I think, are of the mindset, especially if they're of families who have been here for a long time, if this happened, why didn't we ever hear about it? Mm. So you've got that group of people. Um, You've got uh, people who have been out to that area and said, yeah, I felt, you know, something spooky out there. Um, Every once in a while, somebody, I think Chad mentioned this story when he was on a couple weeks ago that, you know, there was a man that had moved here, was out walking his dog in that area, and he saw something flying in the sky. So you've got people who are like, yeah, I think that could have happened because I've had some kind of experience out there. Um, And then you've got the people who just are enjoying and having fun with the legend, whether they fully buy into it or not. Um, They're cool with having, you know, something like that for the town and it's interesting and it's fun. So that is very interesting, uh, you know, and I, I'm sure that that probably happens in most towns that have, a, you know, a cryptid related to their history where you have those three different factions. But so I find that that so there's a group that likes to have fun with it um, and is cool with it. Do you have any um, examples of, of ways that, you know, the town is able to have uh, fun or you know, enjoy that legend that have come up over the years? Well, obviously the festival, right? Right. That's the biggest one. Um, And then I think, you know, when it gets around this time of year and Halloween, people like to bring it up and talk about it. Um, But yeah, the the festival is the main thing. Um, Most people in the community um, have embraced the festival Uh, You always have that group of people who just completely thinks it's nonsense and, you know, why (laughs) would they ever go to something like that? But for the most part, um, yeah, people think it's cool that we have this festival. They think that it's nice that Van Meter is getting some recognition. Of course, if you're a sports fan, you probably already know about Van Meter if you ever heard of Bob Feller. Right, yeah, baseball history, right? Yeah, so we have a little bit of a celebrity there already, so we're known for that as well. Um, but this is just kind of a neat folklore story, legend, whatever you'd like to call it. And it is nice to have um, something like that associated with us. And I think I fall in the camp of I just think it's a good story. I like a good story, whether it's a book or a movie or a play or whatever it is. And this is a good story with kind of an open ending. So you get to use your imagination and kind of fill in the blank for yourself. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Definitely. Um, So one thing I found out when I talked to Chad last time was that Kevin had come up with the term the visitor, which I, that really made me think of a lot of things differently. Uh, did the town refer to the creature? How did the town refer to the creature then if Kevin was the one that came up with the term Van Meter visitor? Well, again, most people hadn't heard of it, so sure. they weren't referring to it at all, to be quite honest. Uh, I believe in the Centennial book, it was just called a flying creature. They okay. didn't really name it. Um, but yes, I thought that was a very good story for Chad to share as well. I don't believe that I knew that it was Kevin that coined it either. Or if mm-hmm. I did, I forgot it. So when he told that, I was like, oh, of course. Because Kevin's a pretty brilliant guy, and so it doesn't surprise me that he came up with the name. Because, no, it's not surprising at all. I mean, and he's the guy that made the original sketch drawing of uh, The Visitor, I believe, which now you have as like a big uh, 
standout. I want to say it's it's still usually up at the festival. Um, yes, it's in my basement right now. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Are you the, the guardian of all the cool festival stuff then? I am, okay. yes. That's awesome. Uh, you're not holding on to the footprint, are you? I have the footprint. You have the footprint? I, not the original, not the, of course, not the original. if only, but I <laughs> I have the reproduction footprint, yes. Mm-hmm. I wish awesome. I had the original. Yeah, do you think that's... I always ask people if they think it's around. I mean, I already know the answer, but... I think it's been too long. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what materials they were making casts with back then, but you would assume plaster or something similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not sure that plaster could hold up 120 years later. Um, no, no. Not if it hasn't so. been preserved or, or something. Yeah, if it's just was sitting in someone's attic, it's probably dust now. But you, you can always, you know, hope that you go to some garage sale in Van Meter and maybe someone will have it one day, you know. Yes. But you can always hope for that. Um, isn't there a thing where the newspaper that was in circulation at that time, no one can find copies of it? Is that an actual – is that a thing? Yes. So – we know that there was a newspaper in Van Meter at the time that the visitor was sighted. Um, and Jolena Welker, who was the library director mm-hmm. uh, when the authors were here researching the book, of course, tried to find traces of it, too. I know the authors tried to find it. Um, I believe they contacted the Iowa Historical Society. Yeah. So far, no one's come up with a copy of that paper. Wow. I, can you imagine, though, like if that was found one day? What, what's that? Do you know the name of the newspaper again? I don't okay, know. No problem. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be such a find if, you know, someday someone finds copies of that in some weird archive. You never know. Um, do you have any thought? This is a this is a question from Joe Turry. Uh, Joe. I've, yes. Joe, you know, know Joe. Joe. OK, you know, mm-hmm. Joe, he's a good he's a good dude. Um, what are your thoughts on people using the term monster instead of visitor? I don't have a problem with people calling it the Van Meter monster. I do like the Van Meter visitor just because of the alliteration. It sounds cool, rolls off the tongue well. Um, I do think monster is a bit of a misnomer Hmm. only because... When you hear the stories of the encounters with it, it doesn't seem that it was trying to hurt anybody or do anything. The only time it really seemed to react to anyone was after they shot at it, (laughs) which (laughs) I think most of us would react to that. Um, And monster, in my mind, is something horrible or bad. And... I don't get that from the visitor legend. So I prefer to call it the visitor, but it doesn't bother me if somebody calls it the monster. Yeah, I used to get all like, you know, oh, if it's in the history of the town, why do you call it something else? And now after knowing that Kevin is the one that came up with the visitor name, you know, now I've got to totally rethink that. I mean, I still liked Visitor because it, of the alliteration thing that you said. You know, it does sound better. And, you know, it's just, I, I think it's cooler to say. And, you know, we've kind of, we got in the festival name, so we may as well keep it, you know. But um, it is, it's, it's definitely interesting knowing that Kevin came up with it. Um, the next part, I've got a few topics to go over with you. And I, I'm curious, so I'm going to, say the topic and then what i would like is from you if there's anything that has to do with that topic that you've ever heard of uh in van meter over the years uh because something you know 
people have brought up over the years at the festival, well, maybe Van Meter is like at the convergence of some ley lines and maybe there's weird stuff that happens here. And, you know, maybe there's even a hollow earth under Van Meter with the mines. And so all this stuff gets thrown out, right? But I'm just curious, maybe any of these topics have credence to do with things you've heard from Van Meter history. So let's go. Uh, have you heard of anything to do with UFOs? Um, I have heard about weird lights in the sky. Um, and then, of course, uh, Josh Hurd was out here filming his documentary 1903 a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And they definitely had some strange encounters with lights in the sky. So... Um, nobody's come face to face with any aliens though. Good. That's good. Um, so you were hearing about strange lights in the sky outside of the Josh Heard documentary, 1903? Yes. Occasionally. Um, and it was actually usually when people were out on the outskirts of town, um, not necessarily in the exact same spot, but, Mm -hmm. you know, out by the river, um, But again, people who are camping and floating down the river and stuff also tend to be doing what? Drinking. (laughs) It's a lot easier to see strange lights in the sky when you're drinking. That that is a valid point. That's a valid point. Um, How about uh, Bigfoot? I haven't heard any firsthand stories of Bigfoot in the area, no. I haven't either. I was just curious if you had, though, because I've been doing a lot of research about uh, Bigfoot in Iowa, especially in the 70s lately. Um, Any other cryptids besides uh, the visitor? I've not heard any other cryptid stories. Um, There was, though, a few years ago, and it happened, like, actually the week before the festival. Um, There were a couple people on a rainy, I believe it was a Thursday night, um, who swore they saw an apparition walking down Grant Street. Really? And a woman in town did get a very blurry picture of it with her cell phone because it was raining so hard. It's not the greatest picture ever, but you can definitely see the outline of something. So... I hmm, I really want to see that picture. That's interesting. Well, uh, I can show it to you at the festival. Okay, I know cool. I have a copy of it, okay. and I know Chad does. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that, I would appreciate that. That would be amazing. Thank you. Um, wow, that's weird. I, I don't know if I've ever heard that story. Did they say anything about, like, it was in, like, uh, period clothing or hard to see? or? So one witness said that it looked like someone in um, a nightgown and a nightcap. So like in mm. in old time, you know, like ankle length gown and nightcap. Um, but one of the other witnesses said, yes, it had a hat, but they thought the bottom of whatever they were wearing looked more like billowy pants. Okay. So... Who knows? (laughs) Man, that is very interesting. Have you heard of anything uh, happening recently that be related to uh, the visitor in the town area or or Dallas County or Madison County or anything like that? I have not, no. Okay, I haven't either. Just checking. Um, You know, I've, I've made a few videos and put them on different forms of social media and one weird thing I got, I got someone on, it was on TikTok, and they, it was a really weird comment, but they said that they were, either they were in school at Van Meter or they had gone to elementary school there, something like that. And they said that supposedly there's this legend that goes around in either the elementary or high school where the visitor can be seen at times in the forest or woods behind the elementary school. Have you ever heard of anything like that? I've never heard that one. Okay. Um, 
You bring up the school, though, and that does remind me, um, supposedly over the years, uh, the janitors have seen some sort of apparition at the school once in a while. Really? I don't, I haven't heard any actual descriptions of it, um, but when I was at school in Van Meter, uh, I know that a lot of it centered around where the plays and stuff are put on the stage area i never saw anything i was in the drama department i did several plays there i never ran into the ghost but you never know that is that is very interesting as well i've never heard of a uh, a school uh, ghost or apparition did they say it was you know maybe related to you know being one of the historical figures or was there a story that that went around that was no. crafted about it no, nobody seemed okay. to know what the origin of the apparition might be. Um, and, of course, the custodians were the ones who would be at the school, really, when no one else was around. Uh, and occasionally, you know, for play practice or something, you might be there a little bit later than someone would normally be up at the school. Uh, no one seemed to really know the origin of that story. Man, that's interesting. That's just another thread to pull on for me. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, the next question, uh, I want to preface it by saying, you know, I'm not looking for any information that's going to like, you know, privacy is important, right? But um, are there still people that are related to those um, town residents that were involved with the 1903 incident in Van Meter still? Not to my knowledge, okay. no. Um, I think most of uh, the witnesses' families have moved out of the area. Um, although there are still some Alcotts in the area, so it's possible that they might be distantly related to Dr. Alcott, mm. uh, but I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah, that would be be a cool thing to have in your family history for sure. Uh, and just uh, just curious, this is something I'm starting to to research on the side. Well, so I'm I'm speaking at the festival this year about this 1970s uh, Bigfoot thing, and you know you got to come to the festival to hear all about that. But after I've got that out of the way, my next big thing that I'm going to research on is uh, supposedly around 2016 or 2017, there was a college in Iowa that had a musical based on the Van Meter Visitor. Is that Cornell College? Is that yes. something, Did were you able to see that? I wasn't able to go, but when they were uh, planning or rehearsing their production, um, again, uh, they contacted the Van Meter Public Library um, and Dorothy Knight was the director at that point. And I know, uh, they asked her for a little bit of information, you know, background, I think for what they were doing. Um, unfortunately, no, I did not go to see that, but I did know about it. Yeah. You know, I found some write-ups and it sounds like it's, you know, they spent a whole year crafting, you know, characters, uh, it's about what happened in the town fictionally after the sighting and how it affected the town. And um, I mean, cause that, that came out, I believe prior to Chad's book. Um, the play you mean? I, I think so. No. Uh, okay. I want to say Chad's book was either 2012 or 2013. Oh, wow. That it has been a while, yeah. So yes, um, because I believe that that college also reached out to Chad. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, I'm going to, you know, see if I can figure out the theater director at that time. My hope is that maybe somewhere there's a recording of the play. That, that would be, be really cool. Yes, that would be I would love fantastic. To see it. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know if I ever find anything, but. Uh, that's a, that's a shot in the dark, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find it. So, um, going on, have you ever been out to go to that to the tile factory area yourself? Yes. And 
you know, going out in that area, you've already mentioned how um, people have, you know, maybe experienced uh, weird things. Was there anything that you experienced uh, yourself going out there, or how would you describe the area? Well, I've been out there both in the daytime and at night. Um, I've obviously been on the walking tour that Chad does more Mm -hmm. than once. Uh, I've also uh, was out there when Expedition X was out there, and we had the property owner's permission so we actually could walk right up to the uh, brick tile ruins. Uh, So I've been right up next to it as well. I have never had any strange feelings out there, but maybe I'm just not attuned to that sort of stuff. Uh, No, I've never felt uncomfortable out there. And there have even been times um, on the nighttime walking tour, I kind of hang back uh, behind the group, um, there's a gate that closes over mm-hmm. the access road that goes up there. And sometimes I've been the one responsible for locking it up after we're done. So, you know, I was essentially alone out there. I didn't feel uncomfortable. Uh, so I actually think it's peaceful out there. Um, it is. It is cool. So I want to definitely point out that field and area is private property. So people listening to this, if you're like, I'm going to go see it. Well, please don't because it is a private, you know, uh, field owned by a, a resident. So we don't want to go out there. Correct. Um, it, that, is that road even a public road? So it is technically a city access road. So you can okay. be on the gravel road itself. Uh, but you just don't want to wander off of the road. And like I say, there is a gate that closes. So sometimes it's open, sometimes it's not. Gotcha. So, you know, you take that information as you will, uh, you know, respect if the gate is closed, all that good stuff. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely, the last thing we want to do is, uh, you know, have the town, not like the visitor a hundred percent yes we don't want the cool. city telling us that we can't take our tours out there yeah, that's for oh, sure man. that's one of my favorite parts of the festival is the tour with chad lewis especially the one they've started to do friday nights uh that is just so cool it's it's a really really fun time and it's a different it's different going out there at night than it is at the daytime yes so Let's see, you know, um, so let's say someone is, you know, listening to this and they've heard me talk a lot about the Van Meter visitor. If a person was to go to Van Meter, what are, are there any, is there anything they can do related to the visitor if they actually go to the town? Not really. Uh, The town hasn't erected any statues or um, done anything outwardly uh, for the visitor. Um, So, I mean, they could go, like I say, they could walk out to that access road um, and get near the property, Uh, but there isn't really, there's no museum or display Mm. or anything for it. Is that ever a thing that's come up where... Maybe people have talked about, hey, maybe a statue, maybe a museum. We had one for Bob Feller back in the day. Well, and actually, so the Bob Feller Museum, there is still a Bob Feller ex- Bob Feller exhibit. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, City Hall moved into the building that was the museum, but they mm-hmm. kept a lot of his memorabilia in there. So just in case there are also some sports fans listening to, you can still come and look at Bob Feller's stuff. Um, You know, there has been some talk from the festival committee and stuff about it would be cool to get some kind of statue or something. And although the city has been very supportive of 
you know, letting us do the walking tours. Um, and prior to this year, when the festival was always outside, you know, they'd let us close off streets and have the festival and that sort of thing. It hasn't uh, really grown into something that they've talked about at a city level. Not at this point anyway. Gotcha. Hey, well, I mean, as I guess at least, you know, it's not a, it's not a hard no. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, there's maybe a little consideration there. And, you know, you look at a town like Point Pleasant, you know, it's totally, totally revitalized their economy over the years. Uh, it's just in incredible ways. But, um, yeah, you know, Van Meter could be, I mean, you've got that big on-ramp being built right now on, on the highway. You know, who knows what that town could be like it, you know, coming up in a few years. It's it's going to grow some, but yeah. I think, you know, we have some boundaries to deal with. So we've got the Raccoon mm. River on one side of town. You can't move the river. So True. you're not going to be able to have the actual city limits spread that far. And then, you know, we've got West Des Moines right up next to us. They're not going to let us have any of their land. So <laughs> in a sense, yes, we've got some new housing developments going in and the school district, if anything, will probably uh, grow more than the mm -hmm. actual city of Van Meter. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. What is the mascot for the Van Meter High School? The Bulldogs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It should be the visitor, though. They should really <laughs> get that Bulldog. Maybe they'll yeah. change it someday. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Hodag will take the take care of the Bulldog, if you know what I mean. That's Oh, boy. <laughs> that's some pretty deep-cut cryptid humor right there. The Hodag guy is cool from Wisconsin. I like Ben. He's a fun dude. Yeah, it was really neat for them. Yeah. They came to the festival for the first time last year, and they're coming back this year, and they have a really fun booth, so I hope people oh, come out to see them. It's the most fun. I mean, you've got root beer. You can you can ride a hodag. It's good stuff. I'm going to be talking to him in a bit. Um, do you have a – speaking of, like, you know, maybe different themed items, do you have a favorite Van Meter visitor-themed item you've seen from over the years? Well, I really like the t-shirt that Dylan Jacobson did for us this year. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, and, you know, I haven't really sought out a lot of visitor items. We did have uh, a lady hand make like some little paper mache visitors one year that had candy inside for the kids. Um, and those oh, cool. were just kind of a cute little uh, thing that she did. Um, so yeah, a couple little things like that. That is, that's a really little interesting piece of history I hadn't, I hadn't ever heard of. Um, so let's talk for a little bit. Um, you know, you, you said you're, you're on the library board. Was there any other, uh, we talked about that a little bit already, but you know, you're on the library board and, and maybe, you know, not a lot happens, uh, and then all of a sudden you got these three guys coming into town. They're like, hey, we want to see all this stuff. Do you remember, have any other cool memories from that time uh, period when you first met Chad, Kevin, and Noah? Or So originally, um, I'll mention Jolena Welker again. She was mm -hmm. the library director at that point, and I was a library board trustee. I first heard about them through her because she of course was the one who was actually at the library and who helped them when they came through mm. so I heard about them from Jolena first uh, the first time that I actually got to meet all three of them in person was at the book launch that they did um, or actually it was a it was a pre-book it was like a preview um, that they did up at Van Meter High School. So oh, wow. kind of to let the town know that, hey, we've written this book, it's going to be coming out, kind of raise awareness and excitement. And I think they were hoping that maybe somebody in the community would come forward and say, hey, I have a connection to 
somebody from that story, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so they were just kind of making the community aware of what they were doing. And then uh, they came back when the book was actually released and we had a release party at the library. Um, and that's kind of where the festival was born from. Okay. Because for people who have never been to Van Meter, the public library is only about 1,100 square feet. It's not a very big building at all. And I believe we had roughly 70 or 75 people come out for that book release party. And so we were kind of like, okay, you know what? This is really cool. There's a lot of interest, it seems like. And maybe we should do this again next year. Mm. And because our space is so limited inside the library, maybe we should move it outdoors and invite a few other people to come. And that's really how the festival came to be. That is really interesting. So Angela Billu, and I'm sorry, I probably didn't say your last name right. I apologize, but her question was that question, how how the visitor festival start so thank you for answering that in as part of that yeah that's that's pretty cool how so that that book launch uh party uh what was that like was there like little uh visitor themed hors d'oeuvres or was there anything cool or is it just people (laughs) chatting around or um i do we did have like snack food and drinks but i don't remember it being overtly visitor themed although I'm trying to remember. I think, I think we tried to do like three-toed footprint ice cubes, but I don't remember oh, nice. if that turned out very well. <laughs> like for the punch. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and the authors just came out and they gave a talk on it, and I mean, it was a really great evening. Like I said, a really good turnout for our small library and. Just getting people um, excited about the legend, kind of introducing um, Chad, Kevin, and Noah to the Mm -hmm. community a little bit more widely. And really, if those three guys weren't such wonderful people, the festival wouldn't have come about either. Wow. Um, We met those guys, and just aside from them having written the book and really done their research and being professional, they're just really nice guys. Mm -hmm. And they were able to, you know, form uh, a good bond with members of our community. And we wanted to have them back, you know? So if they had just kind of shown up, wrote their book, wrote their book and and left. um, Right. And not, you know, ever come back or engaged with the community, then the festival would not be. I think it's, you know, a lesson I take away from that is, you know, it's like they realized, you know, they're respecting the history of the town, um, you know, treating it with respect. They're not just coming in, getting what they need, cutting whatever, you know, like. Right. And. Yeah, the, the towns, the town people could definitely see that the the legend was treated with respect. That's really cool how it uh, how it turned into the the festival. Uh, that brings up another question. Uh, this one's from Jordan Heath from Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling podcast, which they have an episode on the Van Meter Visitor. You should check it out, Rachel. It's an amazing like audio drama about the visitor. It's very cool. It's a podcast. Um, the question that Jordan has is how has the festival affected Van Meter? Uh, do you think that it's become like a rallying point for a sense of community? Has anything like that come out of the festival? I do think it's something that people look forward to. It is, uh, very convenient that the visitor decided to show up this time of year right because everybody's ready for fall they're getting in the mood for halloween and kind of the spooky season so 
in some ways the visitor festival kind of feels like a kickoff to the Halloween season. Mm. Um, as far as changing the town, I mean, obviously it's brought us um, more notoriety. Uh, more people have now heard of Van Meter, Iowa. Um, and there are, well, there's only one restaurant in town. Yep, uh, go that's Fifth Quarter. Fifth Quarter Bar yep. and Grill. Yep. And so when the festival's here, you know, they're a business that's only a couple of years old. Um, but when the festival was here last year, I know that gave them a great boost to their business. Um, for the people who bought tickets for the VIP walking tour this year, uh, that's where we're going to be going for our survivors celebration after the walking tour. So um, they're always really happy to participate. Um, they made a cocktail last year that yep. they call uh, the Van Meter Visitor Drink. And the owner, Crystal, was telling me that even though that drink isn't officially listed on their menu, it never really went away because I guess it was a pretty good drink. And so she has people oh. asking for it even not on festival weekend. That's amazing. So, yes, you can, if you do come to Van Meter, you can go to Fifth Quarter and ask for that drink and they'll make it for you. Okay, so I, I get you know, you could come to Van Meter. There's a few cool things you can do. You can walk down the side road just on the outskirts of town. Then you can get a nice uh, little cocktail drink based on the visitor at Fifth Quarter. Uh, that's Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good time. There we go. Uh, thinking back over the years of the festival, is there anything that you would have done differently uh, starting the festival based on what you've learned so far? Oh, wow. Um, no, I think I think it started really organically and, you know, has grown a little bit each year. Uh, I would love to have a few more um, volunteers and planning committee members. Um, we, uh, a couple of our committee members are getting older and having health issues, so um, would obviously love to add some people to the roster. Um, but, I mean, I think for the size town we are and for really the legend not being known before the book came out. Mm -hmm. I think the festival has developed at a good pace. And yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily do anything different except, yeah, maybe get some more help. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about this this festival is, uh, I mean, it, it pretty much, it seems to get a little bit bigger every year. And um, I mean, Chad and is Chad and Kevin, they're the ones that, that pick the speakers? Um, for the most part, for the yes. Most part? Okay. They're, they're the head of, yeah, they're kind of in charge in lining, of lining up the speakers. And, of course, that's simply because being that they are um, legend hunters and paranormal researchers, they mm -hmm. obviously know a lot of people in that community. Um, I was not necessarily... Uh, really into paranormal stuff before this. I mean, I enjoyed a good ghost story or whatever, but I didn't seek out uh, anything like that. So I wouldn't know who to book for the festival or who to ask. <laughs> so gotcha. yes, we yep. definitely let uh, Chad and Kevin take the lead on that. And they've really done a, a good job over the, the last few years that I've been there. They, they get some cool people i mean man we've had everyone uh, i remember seeing linda godfrey there once vending we had uh we usually have jay pachoch in there a big footer from wisconsin yeah um and we just you know had some solid speakers over the years uh you know nash hoover it's a good dude yes. all these guys 
in and although nash is not speaking this year he is still gonna be there with his chasing legends booth so oh, that's awesome. be able to see him he's very good been a pretty regular face at the festival for several years now he's he's a good dude for sure um well, as we start to wrap up, I, I do want to ask the last question, maybe a different spin on it. Um, let's say there's someone listening to this and they're thinking, man, we have this town that has this cryptid or this Bigfoot, whatever, um, but we don't have a festival or anything. Do you have any advice for these you know, people that may want to to start a, you know, a festival, a similar festival in their town? Maybe what, what kind of steps do they need to take at the beginning? I think the first thing that you need to have is a few people who are really passionate about whatever the cryptid mm. or legend is that you're wanting to start something around. Um, you need to build up uh, support from your community. I think that's important. You need to get the people in that community, at least some of them, also excited about it. Because if you do have an event and you have people coming in from out of town, you want those people to feel welcome when they get to your community. If you're trying to start something up and your community isn't behind you at all, mm -hmm. I think that just makes things much more difficult. And again, that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, Kevin, Chad, and Noah. They took the time to talk to people and to engage the community, which made it much easier to get people to come out for it. Um, the other thing, and you know, it's the root of all evil. <laughs> you got to find some way to generate yeah, some money to get it off do. the ground. Yep. Um, like I say, our first couple festivals, they were real bare bones. You know, they were three or four people with tables set up outside the library on the street and the first couple of years, uh, the Van Meter Fire Department, um, as a fundraiser, they did the meal. So you could okay. go around the corner and, you know, get like a pulled pork sandwich and a bag of chips and a drink or something. Um, so it was very bare bones. It was a lot of people obviously donating their time. Um I know several of our committee members uh, donated a lot of their own money those first few years to buy things like banners and whatnot for the festival. The best thing that we ever did was sell t-shirts, mm. honestly. Um, that's our main uh, money maker for the festival, so... Uh, yeah, I would say get some kind of merchandising going. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something too, you know, when we were first buying t-shirts, somebody on the committee would front their own money and then you just yep. cross your fingers and hope that yep. you sell enough of them back to, to recoup. But um, yeah, the festival's just gotten bigger every year. So uh, hopefully... We'll always make enough to have another festival next year. And I hope that as well. I want to make sure that, that listeners that are able to go to the festival realize that it used to be something. What you're going to experience this year is going to be a little different than how it used to be uh, where like, you know, I mean, I remember a year where we were on bleachers in front of the library and then we got rained on torrential downpour and it's just you know a, a fun experience looking back on it and then one year we were inside the fire department and that was cool i think maybe a few years but this year i mean there's even um there's some uh cooler improvements that are going to happen do you mind talking about that for me a few minutes yeah absolutely so in all the previous years 
Um, the festival has been outdoors. It's been located on the street in front of the Van Meter Public Library. But this year, again, this goes back to generating some revenue. Uh, we had enough money to actually rent the banquet hall up at the uh Legion, the Veterans Reception Center here in Van Meter. So mm -hmm. we're going to be indoors for the first time. So yes, uh, we don't have to worry about the weather and the elements um, because the other thing, you know, rain is obviously never fun. But the other thing that we struggled with a lot of years was the wind. Yes. You know, people be outside and their stuff's blowing off their booth. And so that was never fun either. Uh, so we don't have, you know, to worry about the weather quite as much. Um, the other great thing, um, I think everyone in this day and age would agree, one of our favorite inventions was indoor plumbing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we have indoor bathrooms, no more porta potties. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, Guest speakers, although it was kind of cool to be in the firehouse bay at the firehouse station, um, it's going to be really nice to be inside. There's a large screen TV for the presenters to um, do their presentations on. You know, there's a sound system so you'll be able to hear really well. Uh, things like that. So that's a definite improvement. Now, having said that, um, we will have a handful of vendors set up in the parking lot. Okay. Uh, just because indoor space is limited. And we will have the food truck. Um, Snappy's Fire Stick Barbecue is going to have their food truck there. They'll be parked out in the parking lot. And then... Um, we mentioned uh, the Hodag store earlier. They've got a pretty big setup, a little bit oh, too yeah, big to be comfortable inside. So they're one of the vendors uh, that will be out there. Um, and, you know, along with being indoors, we do have to pay a, a rental fee for this facility. And so vendor fees were a little bit more than they've been in the past. But we gave people options if you didn't want to pay quite as much if you wanted to keep it a little bit more reasonable for yourself then you know they could choose to be outside so we do have a handful that are going to be uh, outside and that also is what prompted us this is the first year that we are charging admittance to get mm -hmm. into the festival um, again and that's just because I think we're gonna really really like being inside yeah <laughs> we'll probably want to do it again next year so again, um, that's just a little way of being able to uh, help to be indoors again in the future. But we still tried to keep it really reasonable. Um, it's only $2 per so person it's so for people low. over 12. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, that's always going to be the goal is to try to keep it reasonable. This festival is put on purely by a committee of volunteers. And none of us are making any money off of it. <laughs> how how big is so, the committee? Um, so there's only like six official wow. committee members. And then, you know, everybody tries to bring hopefully somebody right. for actual festival day. So we have a little bit more hands on deck on the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not a big committee. So... Um, and then the walking tours with Chad, they are still going to leave from in front of the Van Meter Public Library. So oh, cool. yep. there are two different locations. Um, vendors and guest speakers are going to be at the Legion, but the walking tours will still leave from the public library. So, uh, and those are $3 per person. So if you want to do the tour and listen to great speakers and look at all the cool stuff from the vendors it's going to cost you five bucks a pop that's pretty good value that's I think. that's pretty good and it's like you want to get lunch i mean you're still coming out better than if you go to the movies like it's still a really really fun day but i mean five bucks for like the tour and going 
you know, hearing different speakers. Uh, still, you're, you're coming out pretty good, guys. Uh, some, some people might be saying, wow, this sounds great. When can I go to the festival? Well, I am doing this episode strategically because it's in a few days. Uh, literally, you will hear this on Wednesday. The festival is on a Saturday, the 24th, correct? Yes, correct. Um, the walking tours will leave from in front of the library. There is one at 1215 and another at 645. And then the vendors and the guest speakers will be at the Veterans Reception Center from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. So we kind of have the tours bookending the festival itself. Okay. Um, but yes, it's Saturday the 24th. And the other cool thing um, is there is a lounge or a bar up at the reception center, and they will have that open during the festival. So you can also help support our veterans and nice. get a beverage at the bar there. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be a really great time. It is. It's so much fun. The last thing I want to mention is some people might be thinking, wow, that that night tour sounds pretty cool in like the fifth quarter. Now, I do want to point out that's a VIP tour, which is already uh, sold out for the year. I, it's a thing where Chad started doing that uh, a few years ago. So if you want to get in on that for the next coming year, uh, definitely follow uh, the Van Meter Visitor Festival on uh, Facebook or, you know, join the Van Meter Visitor Believers Facebook group that I have set up. And then you can get those VIP tickets uh, right when they're listed by Chad. Uh, so you can get that right away because that is a sold out experience. It sells out pretty quick. But uh, yeah, next year you can that, get in on that's, that. Yeah, on Friday night, that's the, the VIP walking tour. And that's the only thing that you have to purchase tickets ahead of time and it's the only thing that there's a ticket limit on so uh that event's been limited to 25 people um last year was the first year that we did it so uh otherwise the walking tours on festival day on saturday there's no limit to how many people can go on one of those tours awesome uh, they are all walking tours this year so okay. the tour is probably you know round trip maybe two and a half miles i would say you've mm -hmm. been on it before yeah i mean it's, it's not bad and this isn't like you're hiking up mountains or anything you know this is this is central iowa so it's it's flat this isn't a, it's not a bad walk but it is a little bit of length you know two and a half miles total but not too bad yeah yeah it's all flat ground so yeah it's not a difficult walk but um yeah obviously if you do want to go on that tour be prepared to walk totally and it's cool because chad is leading the group he's telling you the story along the way i'm not going to spoil any of the surprises but there are some you know cool things uh from years past that you see along the way so Rachel, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me and chatting all about uh, Van Meter and the visitor and the festival. This has been a very fun chat. That's been a good time talking to you as well. And I really appreciate you having me on here. Hopefully we'll see a nice crowd next weekend for the festival. You got it. Thanks so much for coming on, Rachel. All right. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you. If you'd like to hear your ad before or after the program, please contact Bigfoot Society at bigfootsociety at gmail.com.